All right, welcome back to the big program. Time to uh, elevate our game by bringing in uh, Steve Coolius for Ram Elevators and Lifts. Uh, they elevate their game all the time. Unlock the potential of your residence with a home elevator or lift. Learn more at TrustRam.com as we welcome back Steve Coolius from Sirius XM NHL Radio to the program once again. Good morning, Cooley. And uh, do you get that intro music from the Jonas Brothers a lot with all the shows you do? Um, you know what? Probably not. You know, <laughs> there's a little cool in the gang, a lot of classic rock, now some country. Uh, but I'm uh, honestly, I'm not fickle. I'm not fussy. And I try to be more like a duck these days in the world we've lived in for the last eight years to try to not let certain things bother me, Kevin. Mm-hmm. How about that? Well, our producer, Brandon Douglas, who you talk to all the time when he lines these up, he, that Jonas Brothers are his favorite group of all time. Okay. So... You know, okay. in fact, he said he was going to head out to the stadium series this weekend just to watch them. Well, uh, I remember a lot about the Jonas Brothers having kids of the vintage of being uh, goo goo gaga over the Jonas Brothers. I, I think they should uh, head to, you know, the New Jersey metropolitan area anyway, just to watch the games. Yeah. And if the Jonas Brothers are doing their thing, it's a win win for everybody. Kevin, how about that? Ah, for sure. Uh, cool. Do you, do you still get excited for these, you know, the stadium series, the outdoor games or where do you sit? No, I mean, I was in Edmonton, so I love that um, at the start of the year. And I think, you know, the 3-4 system works. I think there has to be a Canadian connection uh, if we can. Uh, There was this year, obviously, and it was great. Uh, Then we go to the Winter Classic. That's the U.S. thing. Let them go and worry about it and figure it out. And then the Stadium Series. And I think if you're going to build a rink, Let's play two. You know what I mean? Like play, uh, minor hockey, junior hockey, college hockey, and two. And I think in the area, because this year you got Philly, New Jersey, Rangers, Islanders. It's it's a great weekend. It's a big weekend, and they're all relevant. Yeah. You know, they're all relevant in their own way, shape, and form. So I, I think it's sexy, and I think it's good when, you know, we are national, but we also have to think provincially. Battle of Alberta. We saw what happened with Ontario's teams last week. And then everybody kind of needs their piece of the pie around the NHL. So the people who poo-poo it didn't go to Edmonton, didn't go to the Winter Classic, or aren't going uh, to MetLife. So you know what? Don't watch if you don't care. I do because, what is that, four games outside this year mm-hmm. of 1,312? Surely that's that's enough to get excited about, Kevin. Yeah, Ernie Banks, let's play two. You're right, Steve. Uh, Steve Cooley, <laughs> uh, Sirius XM, NHL Radio, our guest on Sports 1440. Austin Matthews, uh, another hat trick last night. Cool, does he get to 70? What do you think? Well, I looked at the numbers this morning. He's on pace for 71, which means if there's any drop-off, any injury, any sitting out, then the answer is probably no. I mean, they might mean 69. I mean, if you had 69 with a game to go late, what's more important, personal numbers mm-hmm. uh, or getting ready for a playoff series, we assume against Boston or Florida, or if they're wild card one, which is all the time, there's going to be a cooling off period schedules in March for all NHL teams. You're basically playing almost – 15, 16 games in the busiest month of the year. Uh, I'll say high 60s. It'd yep. be ironic, I guess, uh, Lannis Morissette, if he finished with 67. But I say he will not 
get to 70. How about that? Yeah, it's close. We had a kind of a question earlier in the show, and it's, you know, with Mario's number and wherever, you know, he finishes. Whatever it is, it's a remarkable season, and it's a good season. Uh, Steve Coolius with us on Sports 1440. What's it been like with Morgan Riley Week in uh, the um, Toronto area? It's like Shark Week. It's like <laughs> Shark Week. Um, it uh, gives us fodder, I guess, which is good. And I'm a crime and punishment person. I've always wanted to turn up the heat on suspensions. If this was done intentionally to turn up the heat, I guess what maybe the Leafs could be arguing is, where was the warning? You know, remember back into the day when we had bench-clearing brawls and the league had enough? They announced that on December 31st of 1986, I think it was, that on the next day, January 1st, if you're involved in a bench-clearing brawl, we literally will cut off your right arm. And they said, <laughs> remember, they, they we have not had one since. They made a statement, they had enough, and the game was changing, so we ended it. If, if something like that was announced, and you do what he did, which still the optics aren't good because it was one steamboat, two steamboat, but we kind of live in a league that still we say to ourselves, uh, yeah, that's about three games. So I think that's kind of the shock value. Um if Riley is the sacrificial lamb, so to speak, I'm watching Vikings. So if he's the guy, then he's the guy. Normally they don't pick on lady trophy candidates. <laughs> lady thing, Binger, yeah. But, yeah, but whatever. But in terms of excitement and, uh, and fodder and everything else, yeah, that part is good. I'd rather not be on suspensions. I'd rather be on, you know, Jack Hughes not liking to get hit or uh, <laughs> players are dumb like John Tortorella. But all that stuff's happened too, Kevin, so there you go. Did you enjoy Jack Hughes in the penalty box last night then? Well, everyone looks at it differently. Like, I always thought the uh, go have another donut because we're the British Empire loyalists and the Americans are the rebel. Uh, we, we kind of took Koharski's side and the Americans took Schoenfeld's side. I, I, that's how I always felt. Now, in this case, I look at it. Victor Everson's a good player. He's back finally. Mm-hmm. He took him out physically and played good, tough North American hockey for a sweet. Jack didn't like it because he's got shoulder issues and he expects not to get hit. So I like that he said it. It gives us fodder. I thought he looked like a suck. That's, that's what I think. I thought he looked like an arrogant suck. Um, and other people said that they loved it. So I love that he said something. But if, if, if Arvidsson stepped over the line, um, you know, cross-checked him on an empty net for a hat trick, and like, what are you doing? Not cool. You know, you're, you're being a loser. That's a different thing. And this thing, I think that he looked like, look who I am even though I'm never completed an NHL season. So that's how I saw it, Kevin. What about you? Well, I, I would have phrased it differently, probably. I kind of would have said something to the effect of uh, nobody's going to watch you play, you know, instead of saying everyone's coming to watch me play. How's that sound? That's good. That's a good you compromise. Know, that's, you know. uh, that's, that's good. You should be in federal politics. <laughs> Maybe you're getting your point across, but you're not coming out uh, like, as you're saying, as being a suck kind of thing. Yeah, well, we'll put it this way. You just talked about Mario. So my dad would tell me when I – and I'm the guy that would shoot a slapper into the empty net. I'm the guy that would ride my stick, and I did at a TSN CTV uh, beer league game one day, and Rod Black didn't like it very much, and I probably shouldn't have done it, but Kevin, I had a hat trick. I was excited. I'm that guy who does it, and everyone's out. Now, Cooley, we have to fight your battles. I get it. So I'm the person that would do that. Um, At the end of the day, would Steve Eisenman say that? Would Wayne Gretzky say that? Would Joe Sackick do it? And the answer is no, 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 no. Now, the new era NHLer, as John Tortorella said yesterday, maybe it's a dumb thing to say, but maybe it's, it's more exciting. 
I don't know. At the end of the day, Jack has to live with it. He normally puts his money where his mouth is. Uh, I'd wait to have some hardware at least under my belt mm-hmm. and an 82-game schedule, maybe before I said anything. Yeah. Uh, Steve Coolius with a Sirius XM NHL radio, our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, you know, we're coming up to the, the trade deadline. Markstrom didn't play last night. You hear all the rumors and stuff that happened in Jersey. Then um, uh, Daw comes out and plays, uh, Nico Dawes comes out and plays a great game last night for the Devils. Do you see a lot of a movement coming up here, goaltending-wise, Cooley, uh, as, the dread, uh, as the trade deadline uh, nears and approaches? I, I didn't before. I just didn't believe, you know, the boldness of Vegas would come through with some other teams who might be thinking, are we good enough? Should we make this move? It's a lot of money. Is Markstrom still good? Which clearly he is. I mean, he's had one bad year. I mean, Bobby Clark said just because someone has one bad year, that doesn't mean they'll have two in a row. Mm-hmm. So he's playing very well. Didn't play. I thought he was amazing at MSG and the Flames best season uh, game of the season was that game in Boston when they won but they're not making the playoffs now it feels like something is percolating and Tom Fitzgerald has the heat on him that it does feel like the Devils and the Flames are going to do something and there have been other rumblings out there that I'll just say it this way that they already had a framework of a deal in place Kevin mm-hmm. yeah but something happened for that deal to fall apart. That's all that I'll say. I think you can connect dots. Um, So I think they're revisiting it, and it feels like it's time. And Dustin Wolf's clearly not ready. He's supposed to run through the NHL when he got called up. But I think there's a lot in the Flames pipeline that'll be good. Uh, The worst thing in hockey is to be eighth, losing the first round, or ninth every year. I don't think the Flames want to be a no-man. So uh, TSM straight board, Markstrom's one. Mm -hmm. And Gregor said on Monday that uh, it's heating up literally so I bet about the, a trade like that for sure. Yeah. Um, anything catching your eye this weekend as far as games go? And when you're looking at the races and the division, uh, you know, how about Boston? Now, no longer like Florida's kind of taking over the, the division right now for the time being. Anything catching your eyes? We go into the weekend here. Cool. Well, I'm excited about the games outside. Uh, I think tomorrow's big. I think the Oilers have been average, obviously, since the break. And that's okay. They were they looked tired to me yesterday. Mm-hmm. Zach Hyman's defensive play. Yeah. I think on the when the game was, what was the goal? I think it was on the... It was the 3-2 goal. Tory Krug scored it. Yeah, no, and they, okay, so that oh. play didn't like. The play before on the, the neighbor's play, Hyman just has to come down and get in the way of his man, and he wasn't moving his feet. It's yeah. not Hyman-like. Maybe mm-hmm. he was thinking about the two chances in the first oh, period yeah. Uh, yeah. that he was robbed by, uh, robbed by Bennington, but I think Oilers' stars always is sexy. I love February-March hockey. Uh, with all the storylines, I mean, Florida, Tampa, that's on Saturday as mm-hmm. well. Uh, Saturday night, we got the Devils, as we mentioned, against the Philadelphia Flyers. And Jets Canucks is big. Jets Canucks is big, man. I mean, the Jets are, if they win their games in hand, imagine if they win the division forcing Ooh. Dallas and Colorado to play in the first round. That's the best thing that could happen to the Jets since they got rid of Pierre-Luc Dubois. Ouch. Yeah, and you know, cool, out of all the teams, Vancouver's the only team that really hasn't had a stumble yet. Um, what do you think of that? I, I've been waiting for it. Yeah, everyone has. And, and, and here's the thing. Do you want to go into the playoffs, our theme today, Mario, like the 93 Penguins? Like, I don't know if I want to go in 16 yeah. or 17 oh, and one I think I want to uh, – I, I don't want to be in a spot where now you're playing game four, you're down two games to one, and you haven't lost three or four all year. 
Mm-hmm. And now if you do, you're down 3-1, and you got a 10% chance of winning the series. So you can't intentionally, you know, you, you don't want to say, listen, I haven't had an accident in 20 years. I would have bumped <laughs> that guy in front of me just to, just to break the yeah. or score my own net to lose the game. But you know what? An 0-3-1 stretch isn't bad. I do believe that, that you learn from losing. Um, but I watched him last night, boy. Elias Pedersen's, I mean... I don't know where we are because we all think McKinnon's already won the Hart Trophy or Kucherov, and let's see what McDavid does. But I'll tell you, Pedersen, you know, the Elias Elias show yesterday, these guys are even better. And Zadorov scored as well. So what they've done in Vancouver is sensational, Kevin. And now it's fun to watch. You you know what, Cool? We had uh, Larry Murphy on right before the Oilers went into Vegas, and we were, because Larry Murphy was on that 92 93 Pittsburgh team, and he said it was the worst thing that could happen to us because it was at the end of the year, they had 17 in a row, they lost. Uh, sorry, they tied the Islanders going into the playoffs. They were the favorite. Everyone was saying they were going to steamroll to another cup. And he was like, it was the worst thing that was going on for us at well, that I'm time. Well, I'm glad you told me that. Yeah. I'm glad you told me that because that adds fuel to my fodder about saying, you know, hey, look, I don't want to be losing 17 in a row. You don't want to be sick. You want to be in a spot where you're you're playing well. You lose some games where you, you play well and stay in the playoffs. Those are games if we play like that. We will win, structure everything else. Like clearly the Oilers – you know, out of the break, haven't been doing the things that they did during the streak. That's, mm-hmm. that's obvious. But when you're tired, remember, people say, oh, it was a poor effort by Edmonton or Winnipeg. And we say that in Canada. I always say, let's not confuse effort, Kevin, with execution or energy. You know, it's a grind. You know, 82 over 180 days. And, you know, are, is everyone 100% at work all the time? Craig Button taught me that you give 100% of what you have. Today, you know, it's Friday. Maybe I only have 92% today, Kevin. <laughs> Maybe I mail it in. Maybe no I way. let Bruce Boudreaux speak more often. Bruce is doing the show with us today. Maybe okay. I let Bruce speak more often. But you know what I'm saying? I think at that point is you give what you have that day, and you'll never be 100% 100% of the time. So not confusing energy with effort and execution. There are poor efforts at times. I think a lot of time it's because the gas tank is not full. Mm-hmm. So you got Bruce Boudreaux coming up this afternoon on Sirius XM NHL Radio? Yeah, we do kind of a square table. Everyone else has a round one, so they were all gone when I went to Best Buy uh, or the Brick. So, uh, yeah, he is on. Andrew Raycroft's done some great things with Nesson. Uh, he's on also today. Uh, and we'll kind of go over. You kind of helped me line up the show. Uh, there you go. Everything that you asked me. I'm just going to steal it, Kevin. Perfect. I'm just going to steal it. Well, I, I met Bruce. Well, not met him. I talked to him at the draft. Uh, I think it was 2015 in, in Florida. And uh, I had a microphone in my hand. And he, I, he, I was approaching him. And he, he t- basically told me to F off. And I said, I don't want to interview you, Bruce. I know a good friend of yours, Bruce Hardy, who's from here, played with you in Germany. And as soon as I said that, he, he wanted to talk for 15 minutes. So. There you go. Yeah, well, uh, you got to get him on. You got to get him on. He's a great storyteller. Yeah. He came in for All-Star. The lineups and everything else, and we even got a Bruce There It Is chant, and he mm-hmm. said, Cooley, why'd you do that? I said, we couldn't resist, <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. But, uh, no, he's been really good. Uh, hopefully we can get him back in the league. He says, I won't be back until Salt Lake City is in. Um, <laughs> and it's got to be tough. You know, Ludzie always taught me, you think when I left Tampa I wanted them to win? He goes, no, there's not a coach, a player, or manager that ever really wants, you know, they say the right things. Look at Drew Bannister is 16-8-1. For the year you just left, we're all human, Kevin. So, But anyway, Drew has done a good job with the victory again last night. Hey, cool. Thanks for this. Have a great show, and uh, enjoy the weekend. Take care, man. Kevin, and tell Brandon anytime, guys. Have a great weekend. All right. Thanks, big guy. That's Steve Coolius, Sirius XM NHL Radio. Elevating our game, and you can elevate your game 
And uh, check out Ram Elevators and Lifts. Uh, That was Elevate Your Game, courtesy Ram Elevators and Lifts, manufacturing the safest elevators since 1987. All you got to do is check out TrustRam.com. When we come back, I believe Colin Livingston is coming to the studio. He's texting like a madman. He goes, where where do I go? And I go, well, you've been in here before. And he goes, well, uh, Connor lets me in through the secret door. <laughs> I'm like, just come to the glass doors, Joey. See you later. All right, when we come back, it will be Colin Livingston from Cantork talking Daytona 500 uh, on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. That was a request, Duke, uh, for Ian Tyson. Who is that from again? Uh, who wanted that one? I can't remember now. No name on that one. Oh, there was. Okay. Send us your name. Well, you know, I can't believe our next guest came to the studio. Longtime uh, tequila drinking buddy, Colin Livingston from uh, Cantork. And uh, I just thought you were going to do this by phone, Colin, as uh, we're going to talk a little Daytona 500 here. And well, you're in the communications business, so you need to communicate well, that a bit I better. Mean, I mean, I know when you do Gregor's show, it's a longer process and you're on longer and yada yada and I know you're doing and you you have a full-blown studio and things like that but that's true this is a little different here I mean hey for the first appearance man I, I wouldn't be doing well, you justice as okay as who you are by just you know <laughs> as they say phoning it in phoning it in first of all so if you were coming in person yeah I'm it's Friday we got 35 minutes left in the show I would have thought you would have brought in a margarita well, we're off margaritas. Because you're on the Dickerita. Bingo. Okay. The Duke cannot believe this. Before we talk a little Daytona 500, Colin and I have known each other for a number of years, and we've had, well, he when he has the tequilas, like when we've golfed and stuff, you you have a quick shot of tequila. On, on, of, occasion. on, on, I, on occasion. I've been yeah. known to partake. And that's the better tequila, obviously. I right? hope so, yeah. yeah. There's nothing worse than bad tequila. I can't, I'm not a big shot, but, you know, we both love the margaritas. Correct. And anyway, so I told you about my kind of recipe, the Dickerita that we call it. Yep. Dick is my nickname. So Correct. So you started doing it, and you, 100%. what do you think? Love it. Yeah, so. I, I don't think I'll ever, if I have a choice, I won't do them any other way because mm-hmm. the the crystal light yeah. just may, you know, let, let our listeners know exactly just go from scratch here so yeah. i mean what we've been doing is margaritas call for bad tequila you don't put good tequila in a margarita that's okay. rule number one because the tequila's gotta it's gotta give you a bit of a punch in the mouth so we start with you know the cheapest tequila we can find put a little splash of triple sec okay and then I mix the uh, the ingredients on the crystal light. We get the the powdered stuff, yeah. and it calls for I think it's two cups per package. But I do about seventy five percent of that to get a little bit more of the lime flavor. Right, and we cut all the sugar out of there. I, I've got a Margaritaville machine, so we just <laughs> dump it all in there, chuck in some ice, and that's a happy Friday, isn't it? Uh, so is your margarita, is it always, is it slushier or is it like rocks or does it vary? Do you do different variations? Uh, with the machine, we, we grind it up. Grind it so up. So it's a little bit more slushy. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on if it's hot out, maybe you add a little more. I, I don't know. How do you, do you add well, more ice? Is, what do you? Uh, I only got to make my first one a couple weeks ago. I, I gave you blow by blow wow. uh, progress of what was happening. Uh, the first one I made was just a, a single for me uh, just on ice because I just hand, hand shook it in a martini mixer. But then when I took my Friday a little bit more serious, mm-hmm. um, then we you know uh, did a little bit more mass production. So 
um, before someone runs with this and starts making canned decoritas, I think yeah. you and I should maybe look into this and allow people with the wheels spinning that are listening. But you and I should look into this, talk to the Crystallite people, make our um, batch of the exact recipe, whatever it is. Like, look what the fizzies and everything has gone on here. Absolutely. It's anything but neutral. It's, yes. it's very positive. Yes. All right, big guys. Um, something yeah, we got to talk about. We got to. We have to find our rep, our our uh, liquor maker, whatever you call it. I don't know. I just finished doing my my podcast with our our actual digital marketing people out of Ontario, <laughs> so we can hand it over to them, and then uh, you know we'll just sit back and, and count the fat stacks right away. Steve from Ardrossan. Hey guys, can you please text me those ingredients? <laughs> I, I'd love to try it tonight. <laughs> it's it's only three things, Steve. It's tequila, yeah. a splash of triple sec, and the, the triple sec, like I've never put it in because I probably never oh. even thought about it, to be honest with you. Okay. Because that was your addition and we've talked about that. That's just, a, it's a little, I've never actually tasted it by itself, yeah. but it's just sweet. Is it, yeah. is there, what's the alcoholic value on that? Is it like a 17, 18, 18 percent? It's like 15, 15, yeah. 20. Like it's, it's like it's a, higher, but it's not like yeah. you don't use a whole bunch of it. Right. Yeah, we well, went. Uh, we just had um, you know cousin's birthday last weekend, and that was we had two Margaritaville yeah. machines going. One would alternate between pina coladas, daiquiris, mm-hmm. and then uh, dicaritas, and then the other was just <laughs> the, the full on with the limeade, you know, high sugar content. So. Well, and the name is great, dicarita. No I, C, and it's just D I K, dicarita. Got it. Yeah, I, I have no problem with it, but trying to explain it to people that mm-hmm. it's called the Dickerita, they're like, you gotta, you gotta change the name. People are homophobes still, yes. and I'm, I don't, I have no, well, just, no issue. Yeah. Like I'm, we could, we could think about that, hundred percent. But we just got to start talking to the uh, whatever the the companies that make. Because again, you you go to the the shelves that there are just there's tons, tons of options now, hundred percent. So. Daytona 500 this yes, weekend. Yeah, we should talk a little bit about that, right? We can. Is, where, where? Uh, I know you're you're all encompassing with auto racing. Where does Daytona rank for you when you're talking amongst other sports or other genres of racing? I can give the politically correct answer, or I could just be honest, and I'll probably stick to honest. Daytona and NASCAR at the professional level has dropped a lot in my books okay. over the years. Uh, we're still actively competing in the NASCAR Pinty series, which isn't the same, like it's the same governing body, but it's mm-hmm. a very different group than the professional side of things, like the full-time uh, guys that are racing, you know, with the the Cup Series, the um, Xfinity Series, and the, uh, the trucks. But... Um, I mean, I still remember my first trip where yeah. I, I was in Orlando. We made a day trip up to Daytona and, and seeing the building, uh, the building, the the, the venue yeah. and getting to tour the, the facility was something I'll never free. Like getting into that, um, it, it's, it's indescribable because you see Daytona International Speedway mm-hmm. from a long way away. It is an extremely massive structure like you know you'll go to you know baseball football you know stick and ball stadiums hockey rinks they're pretty cool like you know rogers place is awesome and you know uh, i don't even know what's called anymore the air canada center in toronto is yep. pretty cool it's nothing like a racetrack you yeah. know daytona international speedway two and a half mile track and then all the structure that's around it it's 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 incredible mm-hmm. to see so uh, Joey Logano has the pole, but 
It's been 24 years since someone who has had the poll has won, and that was Dale Jarrett back in 2000. Can Joey turn the tides here? With, without question, Daytona and what we still refer to as restrictor plate races. They don't run... The restrictor plate goes back to an era of naturally aspirated cars where there was a carburetor, they would put a little plate underneath to reduce the power that the engine's able to to produce. So Mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of throttle response and they really... Uh, cap the the top speed. They don't want these cars going more than 200 miles an hour. It's basically where they're at, especially when they're in the pack and they're drafting. Anybody can win from any starting position there. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very wacky event going back to, you know, the, the qualifying only really determines the first two spots and then the remaining spots is where you start in the qualifying race, which is the 150-mile races they ran last night. One went without a hitch. The other was, you know, a smash-up derby. Just Right. And, and, you know, watching that and seeing what led to it, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like someone made a big move and, you know, tried to block and caught somebody in a quarter panel and wiped out the field. It was, there was a block move attempted. Um, Kyle Busch, you know, came up in the outside lane, hit Alex Bowman and like hit him square, didn't hit him kind of off. And then all of a sudden there were, you know, it was pile up derby, which that's the part of the event I don't like. I wish NASCAR could take a look at it and say, this isn't really racing. You know, like when you get on a venue and you put your foot right to the floor and you basically keep it to the floor all the way around the track, it's, it's, you know, it's a little bit questionable, but it's great for fans because, mm-hmm. you know, you've got, you know, the, the pack will be 30 plus cars. They're all going to be running within about two seconds of each other. So there's going to be action for sure. Colin Livingston from Cantork, our guest on Sports 1440, Daytona 500 this weekend. Uh, Richard Petty's won it seven times, but there are so many big names, great names, great drivers that have never won this race. Why? It's winning any race is tough and mm-hmm. you always have to have an element of luck, but no more so than Daytona and Talladega. The historically teams like Hendrick um, in the olden days, Roush, um, Penske, Ganassi, they pour everything into getting cars ready to go for these things. The engines, they squeeze every millimeter, mm-hmm. every little bit of power out of them, but they've they've done so many things with aerodynamics historically that guys had an advantage. They were able to drive out by themselves and they'd have to kind of sandbag. Nowadays, it's the cars are so closely matched it's so hard to get an advantage. You can't, again, just drive away. Winning these races is is as much about luck as it is about, you know, the, the car as it is about skill. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's almost unthinkable that a guy like Kyle Busch, mm-hmm. who's won everything in NASCAR is really the, the most winningest driver in the, the professional ranks of NASCAR. He hasn't won as many cup level races as Richard Petty, but he's won more overall. Yeah. He's never won the Daytona 500. Weird. Yeah. Um, when I was going through some things, I saw some of the names. I was like, wow, you just assume, I guess. And, you know, I'm going back years and years and years, but I'm like, 
what do you mean? I, am I wrong? Am I really reading this right? And yeah, there's some big names. And yet a guy like Michael McDowell has won <laughs> the Daytona 500, which, you know, Michael McDowell is a great racer, but yeah. he's driving for lower budget teams. He's driving, you know, most of the times he's only doing a part-time schedule, you know, and he's got a win on his, on his resume. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, some of the greats just can't do it. So the Duke, he loves the word. His favorite word in the world is sprinkle. Because uh, he likes to sprinkle a little bit on everything. And I was just looking, uh, and we did mention uh, Joey Logano. And right now, BetMGM has four drivers at plus 1,100. So Brad Keselowski, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, and Denny Hamlin, all at plus 1,100. Then uh, Logano's after that. And you mentioned uh, Kyle Busch's name has popped up here too. Is there a name that is a little bit lower in maybe the betting odds that you would go, hmm, you know what, I might sprinkle a little bit on this guy come Yeah, this I mean, I, I'm going to stick with what I did with Gregory yesterday. Yeah. Like the two that I, you know, just from a personal standpoint, we've raced with Kyle Busch in the past. We know a lot of their, their crew guys. Kyle Busch Motorsports doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But would love to see the boss man, um, you know, add that to his resume before he retires. Um, the other guy would be Kyle Larson. Now, Kyle has basically won everything in NASCAR. He's a he's a champion now. Um, he's had one of the more dominating seasons of the last couple of decades. Uh, any of the guys from the Hendrick Motorsports mm-hmm. stable, I would, I definitely would not sprinkle my bet against them. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean Penske with with Logano definitely they seem like they found something. This is this is seeing a Penske on the front row again. Raced with Penske too. Yeah. Um, done some nationwide races in the. It was called the Nationwide Series back then uh, with Mister Penske with uh, with Tag. Um, yeah, we've we've got a few friends that uh, wouldn't wouldn't break my heart to see him win. And there's there's still a handful of guys that wouldn't break my heart to see him taken out either. Uh, Colin Livingston from Cantork with us. Uh, how many years has it been since you took me out in the track there and gave me a little little ride? A little, this is it, I'm trying to think, was it right around COVID? Uh, six, seven years ago? No. It was before COVID. Yeah. I think it's right around, I think it's four four years or something, yeah. We went for a little tour, dude. I, I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we went for a little uh, spin in, uh, what vehicle was that? That was, uh, that was our uh, two-seat show car. So former yeah. Pinty series car that has a passenger seat. And explain to me how the, because you were talking about, you didn't like the tires that were on there that day? Or were they older or were they? So it was a combination of two things. The car that we have is really, really built as a road course car. It's yeah. not set up for an oval. And Wetaskiwin, where we it's were so running. quick, right? It's just a circle almost. You're always turning. So the yeah. car is not we just didn't have it set up to make the the make it on the oval so it was it was a handful like we would go and you could feel it like i mean you're not a race car guy no. but you felt like that wasn't nearly as fast as i thought it'd be it's like and yeah sorry about I that i think i can't remember how i worded it to you colin but it felt like the tires were sort of folding a little bit like, we, you know, that's what we call push. So push? Okay. when we get in NASCAR and yeah. in IndyCar, they call it understeer. But when I'm turning the wheel and you can see that I'm turning the wheel and the car's still going straight and we've got to wait and we've yeah. got to wait and we got to wait. And then eventually the front end <laughs> grabs and then we get through the corner and we had to slow down so much. I've since actually completed a couple of, of actual oval races. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, went out to Wetaskiwin and I was in a IMCA modified and I ran one of their, uh, their thunder cars 
and getting to feel actual grip and actual corner loads on an oval was pretty cool. But mm-hmm. that same car, I've I've had it at um, Saskatoon, much bigger oval. At, yeah. at uh, it doesn't sound like a lot, but Saskatoon is a third of a uh, mile instead of a quarter mile. But there's a lot of banking in the corners, mm-hmm. and there we were able to have. A, you know, I actually drove that thing so hard with a passenger doing yeah. exhibition laps. Coming out of turn four, I blew the right front tire. Hmm. And uh, yeah, for, I, I, at the time, I honestly didn't have the skill not to fence the car, but somehow I managed to keep mm-hmm. it off the wall. So it, it would just be a matter of maybe, oh, I don't know, uh, a couple hundred meters, if that. And straightaway is a strong term, yeah. but just just a little bit extra compared to Wetaskiwin. Yeah, Wetaskiwin is... It, it, I used to make a joke, but it's actually not a joke. Like, you don't ever get your steering wheel straight at Wetaskiwin. Mm-hmm. When you come out of the corner, like a turn four, you get onto the closest part of a, th- the closest thing to a straightaway you can imagine. But as you come out, you mm-hmm. never fully extend the wheel. Everything, you stay turned. You just get across, like even even for the Pinties guys, like yeah. when Tag and the big guys are, are here racing. Just once they get past the start finish line, they got a lift, they got a break, they're in the corner. Mm-hmm. And once you get to the back straight away, it's more of a D. So you're perpetually arcing out and All back right. in. Yeah. No, no time to rest. Cool, cool stuff. Hey, Colin, thanks for coming in. I didn't, no I didn't think you were coming in. Uh, enjoy your Dickeritas this weekend. Always do. <laughs> That's Colin uh, Livingston from Cantork. Daytona 500 this weekend. Uh, Joey Logano has the poll. When we come back, we will uh, check in with Ben Feldman from Ross Shepherd High School Basketball. The last dance for Dave Young's longtime coach for the T-Birds is tonight. Uh, that's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Uh, welcome back to the big program. I think we had just a couple of minutes of technical difficulties. We apologize. Sorry for that. I think we got things rectified, or uh, we sure hope we do. I'm not sure if we're going to get to Ben Feldman from Roshep High School of Basketball just because of uh, time constraints now. But tonight, it's the, the last dance, as they're calling it, for longtime Roshep T-Birds coach Dave Young. So they're going to be, uh, check out the internet. It's a, a game tonight around 530. Uh, they're going to start the festivities and get everybody in the gym at Roshep. There will be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids and Former players, former uh, colleagues of Dave, and um, I'm sure Paul Sir will address it tomorrow morning on the basketball show as well. But if you get a chance, uh, head down uh, tomorrow or tonight, uh, sorry, to Ross Shep High School. It'll be uh, well worth it, especially if you've followed Dave's career or you've followed high school basketball. Uh, the atmosphere in Ross Shep Gymnasium should be absolutely electric, and Dave Young's full marks for you know all the the kids that he you know he's taken under his wing over the years for for the last three decades or so in the sense of you know bringing these kids along as you know grade 10 grade 9 and then all of a sudden you know you're you're grade 12 and you've moved on even to u of a nate you've gone on to play pro and things like that so very successful basketball program at ross shep and all the best to dave young's as well Oilers in uh, Dallas tomorrow afternoon, but hit the ice just moments ago for practice in St. Louis. Big changes in the line front. Bob Stauffer, Jack Michaels reporting on the uh, Oilers broadcast team. On uh, the top line, Leon Dreisaitl with Connor McDavid and Corey Perry. Evander Kane on the left wing with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman. That's line number two. On line number three, it's Dylan Holloway. Ryan McLeod, Warren Fogle. And then line four is Janmark, Ryan, and Brown. That's the only line that kind of stays intact from St. Louis. Uh, 
Sam Gagne is the extra forward. And on defense, it is the uh, same pairings, basically. Ekholm, Bouchard, Nurse, and Cece. And Vinny DeHarnay and Kulak. We'll find out who's uh, going to be starting in goal tomorrow. We would assume that it would be uh, Stuart Skinner who played uh, last night in St. Louis where the Oilers lost 6-3. Skinner giving up five goals. <laughs> None of them his fault. Obviously, uh, the Oilers were heavily outplayed. So uh, all the texts. Thanks so much that uh, guys, like we got dozens of texts coming in where... What's going on? Still not ready. I hope there wasn't an emergency medical situation, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think we've fixed it. Uh, technical issues, again, on the on the back end. Uh, I think we have uh, uh, rectified the situation, but sometimes that's what happens. You get gremlins in the board, and, and you don't know exactly what it is, and we had some technicians uh, zip in during the commercial break, and uh, hopefully we have everything rectified moving forward. So uh, thanks for everybody's concern and uh, everyone sending their texts in and saying that we're glad that we're back. I think we're back. I hope we're back. So been a busy, busy, busy Friday. What a show we had. Eddie Steele just knocked it out of the park uh, as well as he always does for Bonton Bakery. Eddie Steele joins us every Friday from uh, 7 to 9. And Eddie is brought to you by Bonton Bakery, of course. If you're celebrating anything this weekend, maybe you're celebrating the Daytona 500, looking for a tasty treat, head to Bonton. They've got everything you need. You can order online at bonton.ca as well. Jason Greger uh, was our guest uh, to kick things off at 7.20. He'll be back, of course, at 2 o'clock. Mark Spector at 8 o'clock. Milt Stiegel, boy, he had some great comments talking about that massive game he had here in 2006 against the the double e when he won the game with a 100 yard touchdown reception uh, he went over about 250 yards that day against the uh, green and gold steve serdachny the stallery family day classic is underway at terwilliger check it out if you have the opportunity bob weeks had some great comments with the scotties starting uh, tonight in calgary and then all the golf uh, happening with the genesis invitational tiger woods etc and mike weir big decisions to make for uh, uh, President's Cup team. Steve Cooley, Sirius XM NHL Radio. We had Colin Livingston and uh, Ben Feldman. Sorry, Ben, we'll uh, get back to you some other time. But Ross Shep basketball, that's the place to be. Ross Shep tonight for the uh, last dance, a tribute to Dave Young's and all his work that he's done at uh, Ross Shep for the T-Birds. Coming up at the top of the hour, we will be having Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Rochep T-Bird. Yes, I wonder. He must have played basketball there. He had to. What, funny, Connor and I were talking about that uh, yeah. on Fantasy Frenzy yesterday. And uh, no, not a big baller. Hmm. Neither him, uh, him nor myself. That's surprising. Very surprising. Very surprising. Uh, anyway, uh, former Rochep T-Bird, Connor Halley on the football angle, and the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. At 12 o'clock, it will be... The Lowdown with Alan Mitchell. And then at 2 o'clock, Jason Greger drives us home with the Jason Greger Show till 6. Have a wonderful family day weekend. Uh, have an opportunity to spend some time with your kids, your your loved ones, your mom, dad, whatever it is. But enjoy that time because it is very special, very precious. Uh, and thanks to you, our listeners, uh, for tuning in. Had a great week. Had a great show today. 
And so many, so many texters just texting in and saying, "Glad you're back." They were, they were going. We had flashbacks of June, man. There was, a, there was some issues originally. There were the signal just dropped for some reason. We obviously don't know that here, so we're trying to fix that. Yeah. I'm trying to. There's a bypass we can do that sends it to Fox Sports Radio, but oh. that didn't seem like it was working. Wow. And so then we, even when it was our signal was back. I hadn't switched it back to Fox Sports Radio. So basically, people <laughs> ba- people basically got your outro of the show, Kevin. That was pretty much it for this last break. But, hey, uh, that's if, if you missed it, you can go back and listen to it on, uh, on wow. Apple and Spotify Beautiful. and all that. Beautiful. Um, I think. Again, thanks so much for being a part of the show. We'll see you back here Tuesday morning. Keep in mind, Grant Fuhrer will be off for a couple of weeks. He uh, His daughter is getting married in Thailand. So good luck to Grant and his family and daughter. Safe travels. Uh, so we'll see you back here Tuesday morning, 7 o'clock. Uh, up next, it is Fantasy Frenzy with the Duke and Con- and Connor Halley. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Up next, here is the Duke with the Sports 1440 Update.